0: You know, the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 3, it says that what God does is that God gives us a, he says that I'm going to stand at the door and knock and uh, if anyone lets me in, that I will come in and I will dine with him. I will dine with him. As we look at this particular, um, when we talk about a lifestyle of worship, there are several things that I certainly want you to uh, get from uh, this as we uh, focus our attention today. Uh, number one is that, it, as, as uh, Revelation talks about, that God says that I'll come in and I will dine with you. And, and so, so often that we really love coming in and receiving the word of God, receiving the meat of God, the meal of God. We love that, the word. And, and there, are, uh, there are times when we feel that or that the, the singing in the beginning is the appetizer, but it is the singing that prepares us for the meal. It is the appetizer that we would think because that singing is not the appetizer. What it is, it is preparing God to inhabit where we are in a way so that we can manifest or we can experience. He's with us, but we can experience him with us. And so it's preparing that atmosphere for us to experience God. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you would open your Bibles uh, to the book of Mark, chapter 12, book of Mark, chapter 12. And as we've talked about worship, one of the things that we've said over these past several uh, weeks is we started off and we said that we all worship something. All of us, we worship something. And uh, you may worship yourself or you may worship your car. You may worship your house or your bank account. All of us worship something. And the reason that we worship something is that God has placed worship in our DNA. We can't help but to worship. And so God does not mind that you worship and you have... Uh, God does not mind that uh, you uh, enjoy other things. He just not, does not want those things to replace him in your life and the place that he has. And so we've said that worship really... We gave a definition for worship because all of us worship. We gave that definition so that we w- would be on the same page as we focus on worship and we define worship as uh, our response to what we value most. Worship is our response to what we value most. You know, when I was growing up in Shreveport, Louisiana, we had a guy who was just a couple of years older than me and I think I was in high school. He was a couple of years out of high school uh, and this guy was amazing. This guy, I mean, we saw him out and we were like, man, I wanna be like that when I grew up he had a 1976 uh, Cutlass, Oldsmobile Cutlass, and that thing was clean. He'd ride around in that thing, and he would be low riding, and he had a T-top. How many of you know what a T-top is? Just lift your hand if you know what a T-top is. Some people don't know what a T-top is. I, I don't have a picture of it, but, but he had a T-top on that thing, and he would take the T-top down. That was before really... Uh, and uh, he would take that t out and he would be leaning and he would be leaning and he would be leaning. We just see him riding like 15 miles per hour around the neighborhood, everywhere. And no matter where you were, you'd see him riding. And uh, his car was always clean. But then I recognized that that was the thing. At, uh, later on, I uh, got to know him through a friend of mine, and I recognized that that actually was the thing that he worshiped, that he washed that thing every day. Um, he, he would park on the absolute corner of every, every parking lot. And, uh, you know, I, if a Fitbit was in place then, I could have given him my Fitbit and hit 10,000 steps per day because he would park way out. And so he worshiped that thing, but his life was not fulfilled. His life was not. Um, uh, valued at, from what he said, he, what he saw, he valued what he drove. And so we all really worship something, and God doesn't mind that you enjoy your car, God doesn't mind you enjoy your house, but what God does not want you to do is place those things above him. And so uh, on last week, we looked at God's style of love based on the Old Testament, and uh, I want you to uh, take a look here in the book of Mark, chapter 12, verse 28 and 29, because there were uh, several um, uh, conversations that Jesus was having. He had this conversation and the Bible says that there was one who came up and they recognized, a Pharisee that came up and he recognized that Jesus had answered so well. He was answering with such great wisdom. And so he said these words uh, in, in Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 29. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. And he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And so in the Old Testament, they had so many commandments, hundreds of commandments. And and so they they asked him, which one is, which is the most important? And uh, in verse 29, it says that the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God. Come on, let's read verse 30. Let's read that together now. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. So he says that love the Jesus answered them, and he says that, look, if you do this one thing and you do this one thing well, then all the other things that I've asked you to do will come easy. But if you do not do this one thing well, then all the other things that I ask you to do will be hard. And so he uh, tells them, he says that what I need you to do is I need you to fall in love. And when you fall in love, then um, everything else would be easy because love is really what a relationship is about. And so uh, he says that what I want you to do is I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, with all your mind, And with all your strength and so we looked at it on last week and so I'm gonna pick up where I stopped on last week and we looked at these three areas and as we broke them down all your heart and soul what does it mean to love God with all your heart and all your soul and what that means is that I express my affection to God it means to express your affection to God to love him with all your heart and all your soul He's, and then the, the second thing that we, uh, we, we recognize is that when we love the Lord your God with all of our heart and soul, then what we're doing is we're expressing our affection to him. Now, why is that important to express our love to God? Let me give you Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And Romans 12, 1 says it in a very powerful way. And champions, let's read that together like we know it is the word of his power now. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. And so he says that offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know what? Living sacrifice and worship really goes together because we find that the first living sacrifice that's mentioned in the Bible was Isaac. (laughs) Abraham goes up and he says that I'm going to go up and worship. And when he goes up to worship, God says that Abraham, Abram, now I know how you love me. Therefore, I desire the promise that I have given to you not to be sacrificed by death, but I desire it to be a living sacrifice the Bible says, God says that now I know. Then we know now that that, that Isaac was the first living sacrifice and then Jesus came as a living sacrifice. And God now, uh, Paul writes that God desires all of us to become living sacrifices, which is our proper, true and proper worship living sacrifices. And so, so, so why is it important that we express our love to God? See, a living sacrifice is really worship. And being a living sacrifice is more than loving God with your heart and your soul. It's really loving God with your mind. It's loving God with your strength. It's, it's showing your affection. It's showing your attention. And it's really dim, expressing your abilities and using your abilities for him. And the Bible says when we do that, It is our proper way to love him. You know, uh, if we look at that first part, loving God with our heart and soul, what does that mean? Express our affection toward him, our affection. And for some people, it's very difficult to express affection to anyone, let alone to God. And I remember that growing up in my family, my mom and dad were married until my dad passed, and, and I just always remember them together. They were very supportive but I, I don't, uh, growing up, I love you was not a word that was spoken uh, around our house. That's not how love was expressed. Now, they supported us, they would do things for us. But I remember there was a conversation that I had with my dad and I said that, you know what, I, I don't really know if y'all love me. And he says, you can forget that. Uh, all the things that we do. So the expression was an ability or strength, uh, or, or uh, expressing my ability and my attention, but, but not so much the affection. And so I decided that as I grew up, that I was going to have a family that we would say and express regularly how we, fe- or our affection toward one another. And so I say, hey, I, I love you. I look at Gwen and I go, man, I love you. I look at our kids and I'll I'll say regularly, I love you. Why? Is because I believe, let me just say, with the help of the Holy Spirit, it does not matter how you were raised. When you become an adult, you decide how you're going to live your life. Amen? And so I believe that many times uh, how we were raised becomes an excuse. And it is, a, it is a, a demonstration that we have not fully turned our life over to him so that we can, by grace, access uh, the things that God has for us. And so I just, I just decided that I want to I say love. I, wanna, I love you. I love you. love you. Love you. Love you, man. I just say it all the time. And so I wanted to express that. And, and the reason it's so important is that to love someone, uh, you have to know them. And if you don't know them, then you'll try and follow a set of rules to please them. But God wants relationship with you rather than a set of rules. And let me give you another example that I remember when Gwen and I got married. And man, I tell you, um, she, was, she lived in Louisiana. I lived in Texas. And, and I, I knew that I was going to marry this woman because, one, we had the same set of values. And as we uh, expressed our love to one another... Um, but when, how many of you know that you may know somebody no matter how long you date them, but when you married them and began to live together, you began to know them better. You began to know what they lo- want, what they desire. And, um, and so, man, I tell you, I decided I was going to clean up the kitchen. And so um, I-, I cleaned the kitchen up after Gwen had cooked, and, I, uh, and the food, we had some food left over, and so I took the pot off the oven. It was cool. It wasn't hot and I put it in the refrigerator. And Gwen came back and she saw that pot in the refrigerator and she's like, we don't put pots in the refrigerator. And i like, we don't, I did. <laughs> okay, so she doesn't want pots in the refrigerator. So we cooked some breakfast one day, and and there was some sausage that was left over. So I put it on a a a, a paper towel, and then I just put it in the refrigerator. And she comes back. We don't put food open like this in the refrigerator. Well, we we shared a bathroom together, and so I'm I, I brush my teeth and. And as I brush my teeth, I just squeeze the toothpaste wherever my hand lands. Gwen comes up to get the toothpaste and she says, we squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom, not in the middle. So so what I recognize is that I had all these set of rules that I had to remember. But the longer we were married, the better I got to know her that I began to know what pleased her. And rather than remembering a set of rules, I just began to do what I knew about her and what pleased her. And it was because of relationship. Why? Out of relationship, I began to see what she, I began to notice what she did. I began to notice that you, I couldn't wear certain things with certain things. I began to notice that, you know, uh, uh, you know, I couldn't wear like this, a black shirt I mean, or, or a black belt with, uh, with beige pa- uh, shoes. I mean, she would tell me. And so I began to learn some things. I began to grow up. And, and so today, uh, I sometimes, when I'm not sure, I'll just go in and say, hey, honey, what do you think about this? She says, mm, I changed that. Or she says, it looks good. And so over time, it wasn't a set of rules. It was because of relationship that I was able to please her because I began to express my love based on how I knew her. And that's what God wants us to do with him. Because to, to show your affection, that you're, gonna, you're gonna, to show your love to someone, you've got to know them. And so God wants relationship rather than rules. And so uh, what does that mean? It means time. It means time. It means time. And so uh, at some point during the day that you would read something, at some point during the day that you would, uh, you, you would talk to God, you would uh, share with him, at some point you would get what he is and allow yourself to be open to uh, allow him to speak to you. So, so it's affection. Would you say that I, I love God? By showing my affection, expressing my affection to him. Now, the second thing here is that we love him with our heart and soul is his affection. And then the Bible says that we love him with our mind. And that means that we're expressing our uh, attention or we're focusing our attention on him, focusing our attention on him. You know what is so important that we focus our attention on God? Because when we focus our attention on ourselves, then we'll start worrying We'll have anxiety. We'll have disappointment. We'll begin to uh, take on our natural thing, the natural things that are natural to us. But notice in Isaiah 26, 3, what it says when we focus our minds and our attention on God. Notice what it says. Champions, let's read that together. Now, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. See, when we give God our attention, when we begin to focus on him, all of a sudden we begin to have a sense of gratitude. We begin to have a sense of hope. We we begin to have thanksgiving. Why? It's because you recognize that at the point of your limitation that you were able to go beyond that, and it was not within your own power, but it was because of the name that you were serving. It was because of God. It was because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what we do is that we recognize then that we focus our attention on him. And what happens is that our minds become peaceful. We begin to get to a place of peace. And you know what the word peace means? It means whole, nothing missing. And so what happens is that uh, the Bible says uh, uh, in Proverbs, it says, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will what direct your path. And so notice this, when we focus our attention on him, we're able to hear more of what he is saying and focus on him. And so regardless of your circumstances in in your life, God gives us peace when our minds are focused on him. There's a song we used to sing uh, that I've heard, uh, Nobody Greater, Nobody Greater, Nobody Greater Than You. We used to sing that at some point uh, in the past. But one of the things that uh, this week, there was a song that kept coming to me, uh, and, and he's a singer that I really, really love. His name is Daryl Coley. And Daryl Coley had such a pure voice, and he would sing a song called Beyond the Veil. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And as he began to sing, Beyond the Veil is where I want to be. Yeah, oh, my. And I, I just began to listen to that over and over and over again because, see, there there is... A side of the veil that's natural, uh, but there's another side of the veil that is supernatural. And when we get on the other side of the veil and then our, our affection is upon him, our attention is upon him, then God began to move us to the fourth thing that not only is do, do our abilities express him, but his ability began to work and to manifest itself in our lives. Let me share something with you. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, Gwen and I were, were, were at dinner and we were sitting with um, Elvin Hayes, and uh, Elvin Hayes is—if you—he he, uh, is one of the fifty all-time great NBA players. Um, he is in the Hall of Fame. Elvin Hayes is—he's um, a man. Um, you know, he played basketball here in University of Houston, and uh, we were sitting, and uh, er- uh, his wife Erna, she uh, talked to Gwen, but then uh, as 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 it progressed, um, we began to just to. To discover some things about them that we did not know and um, Elvin was diagnosed with congenital heart failure and um, his heart when he was diagnosed was running at about 18 heart rate about 18 and um, he would go into meetings and they, they gave him a defibrillator and, um, and installed it or you know surgically put it in and he would go into meetings, but it'll go off. So he turns it off, take the batteries out. And um, he was going um, from a meeting one day, and um, he died, had an accident, ran off the road. They found him in time, and they got him. Twice he died, but he came, God brought him back. And what's interesting is that they were hoping with the uh, surgical process that, uh, that his heart rate would get to about 30, and it did. And so they were pleased with that. But, but the day after our Sunday of months revival, there was a Saturday. He was with some friends of ours, and um, they were just kind of celebrating birthday party. And um, the question was asked, is, is someone, like, not feeling well? And so his wife says that, yes, uh, he's not feeling well, but he is diagnosed with congenital heart failure. And then she began to share that And so they began to pray for him, pray that God would restore his heart. And it wasn't tension brought to anybody there. it was just a people who wanted to give God glory by praying for a person who believed that God would heal. So happened on Tuesday that uh, he had a cardiologist appointment, and, and when he went to his cardiologist, his cardiologist went and he says, "Wait a minute, something's going on. Um, your, your, your heart rate is 60." It's it's now normal. They began to measure his heart, and he had an enlarged heart. But when they checked it on that Tuesday's doctor's appointment, his heart has shrunk to the size of a normal heart. And the amazing thing about that is that as 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 the worship took place, as the prayer took place, just as that man who we talked about on that first in the Bible in the Book of Acts began to worship God and God restored him, healed him. God still is doing that today. And and when we love God the way he wants, worship the power of worship is so significant. And that's why the Bible calls it a living sacrifice, that there are are some things you don't understand, but if we'll just do what God says, he has determined the end from the beginning, and he already knows what he wants to do. He just needs you to participate with him. It's not about what you're struggling with. It's not about what you're going through. But I tell you that if you put your mind on him, that he will give you peace that will not hinder the flow of the the healing anointing that's flowing through from him to you. Do you know what's amazing about that? The Bible says that God has given us a river. And do you know what? He's given us that river. He puts it into us. But he puts it into us so that it could flow out of us. And that's what he meant when he says that so my love will cover the earth like the waters covers the what? Like the waters covers the what seas, God is releasing a river that will flow out of you. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. For His name's sake, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will. Fear no evil for he is with me. Thy rod, thy staff, thy comfort me. You know, he anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over and began to impact not only me, but it impacts everybody that's around me. God is causing his power to flow. and He's looking for a remnant. Would you say that's me? And so we get this worship thing, right? Watch and see the power that flows. So we worship Him, the heart and soul, which is a, which is our affection. We worship Him with our mind, which is so we focus our attention upon Him. And then thirdly, we worship Him with our abilities, with our abilities. Now this is where worship as a lifestyle, because what God is going to do and how He's going to use you is not going to be in the church, in a in a in the building only, but it's going to be every place where you go. And so it comes to a place that we've got to be able to look, we've got to be able to hear, and we've got to be able to act. It comes to a place that that's what he told Moses. He says, Moses was, was, was going up to this to worship, and the Bible says he saw a bush that was burning. And he says, I'm going to look and see why this thing is not being consumed. He looked, and then God said to him, <laughs> so he heard. And then he had to do something. God says, take off your shoes shoes your sandals because the place where you're standing is on holy ground and that was a part of his full worship where he looked he listened he heard and he began to act notice this our abilities so when we talk about worship as a lifestyle we recognize then that we're not going to wait until we get here to see ourselves as worshipers it's not just going to be in the singing it's not just going to be in the hearing of the word but it's going to be in every part of our lives look at this in the book of colossians chapter 3 verse 23 uh let's read it together now Work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for. Come on, let's read that one more time together now. Work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do. Rather than. Come on, let's say it one more time like we really know that it is the word of his power. Just because it has work in there doesn't mean you don't have to give it all your affection. Come on one more time. Let's read it together now. Work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Whatever you do. And that means what? Everything and anything that you do. So he says that work hard and cheerfully as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Look, as a Christ follower you are not really working for the company that that you get your paycheck from. You are, as a Christ follower, you are working for who? So he says that whatever you do, that means anything and everything you do. And notice this, so when God is your boss, your work becomes worship. Let me say that again. When God is your boss, your work becomes worship. Come on, would you just repeat that after me? When God is my boss, my work becomes worship. See, it doesn't matter what kind of job you have. Uh, you may have a blue-collar job, a white-collar job, or a no-collar job. It does not matter because whenever, whatever you do, is if, if you do it as unto the Lord, the Bible says that is worship. That is expressing your love to him so your affection becomes on him. You focus your attention on him and whatever abilities and giftings and talents that God has given you, you do it as unto him. The Bible calls that worship and it's not just by singing, but God's style of worship goes beyond clapping our hands, moving our feet, singing unto him. Expressing that love, it's going to require all of us as a living sacrifice. Now, let's look at it because I want you to see it written in his word. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Okay, so uh, look what it says. It says, so here's what I want you to do. (laughs) Come on, you need to read that so you can see exactly what God is saying to us. Come on, let's read it together now. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Do what now? Place it before God as a what? Place it before God as an offering. So here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to take your everyday, ordinary life. And if he says sleeping, if he says walking around, what that means then is that that means driving. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That means uh, you're fouling at work. Whenever you're on the computer, everything you do, if you take it, your everyday ordinary life and do it unto him, the Bible says that is an offering or it is worship. And so you don't work for the company, you work for God. So what you do for someone else is not for you to be recognized, but what it is, it's an act of, of, of expression of love that you're doing and showing and worship to God. So you see, our worship is not just for the moment. Our worship is not just so that we can get a feeling in service, but it's so we can demonstrate the love of God when we go outside and wherever we are in our everyday, ordinary life, in our working, in our sleeping, and if our driving, in our grocery shopping, whatever it is that we're doing, that if we can demonstrate that love to someone else, then God says, ah, it's worship. And someone else experiences love in a way that they may not have ever. Why? It's because your affection was on him. Your attention was on him. And you use your abilities to worship him. The Bible says that's our true and proper worship. God will use you in a powerful way. Let's prepare our hearts. Let's prepare our minds. And let's begin to focus on our giftings. And everything that we have, everything that we do, we do it as unto him not as unto someone else and watch and see testimonies, the miracles, the signs and wonders that will come as we learn how God did it in the Bible that we can do it today.